In this episode, we are going to talk about structure, structuring your deals. What do I mean by structuring your deals? You never want to own your rental, your flip, your short-term rental in your own name. You want to own them in an LLC. So we're going to be talking about structuring such as that. Okay, so let's get back to that. You're going to buy a property. You're going to buy it in an LLC's name. And lenders will back an LLC portfolio loans if it's long-term rental property, short-term rental property. Uh, they will allow you to have that limited liability company in place. So the way a limited liability company works is it's a separate legal entity that gives you personal asset protection, making sure no lawsuit can touch you. Now that's important. No lawsuit can touch you if you structure it right with the right operating agreements and et cetera. You're paying the fees uh, yearly to keep it up and you're running your limited liability company like a company. Now, you're gonna have to talk to an attorney uh, or your CPA and they can give you all the different, uh, all the different things such as like meetings for like S-Corps and things like that. But we're talking about rental property a lot in these last several episodes. So let's just go from a rental property standpoint. Actually, let's just talk in generics. Let's just talk in generics. I'm changing my format here already, uh, even my notes. Flip properties. What does Brandon Thompson use? I have an LLC that has a tax election that makes it an S corporation. So with an S corporation, I believe you can have up to 500 members. It's just me and my wife. It's just my wife and I, and we're the only owners. We're 50-50 and we have two owners, not one, because if some lawsuit happens, they take a lot of the assets that's in the LLC away. She has 50% interest in case to protect at least 50% of the net worth in that LLC. If something happens to me and I cause pain on somebody else, let's just say I get in an auto accident and, or, or uh, it was a company vehicle and or somebody breaks a leg on the company property and sues the LLC. Well, it's taxed as an S corporation for the tax benefits uh, for an active income as, you know, for the flip property. But I also have that personal asset protection there. Now for a rental, long-term rentals or short-term rentals, according to how much income they're throwing off, you most likely are going to want to have a limited liability company, just plain and simple. No, no tax election. The tax election for the flip property is, just because you're going to be taxed at ordinary income. And that gives you some different tax advantages through the tax election, the S corp. So you have an LLC taxes an S corp for the flip property on one hand, and then for property that you're going to keep uh, forever or for years to come, you're going to have in just a plain LLC. Now there again, the disclaimer in this episode is talk to your CPA or and your attorney, and they can give you all the breakdowns and specifics. But the whole goal is if you have a rental home, you have there again, personal asset protection, make sure no lawsuit can touch you. Now, a lot of attorneys teach keep one LLC per property or, or maybe uh, one LLC per five properties, but you're never going to want to mix and match your flip properties in the same LLC as your rental properties. Here's why. Flip properties, as we just found out, are taxed on ordinary income uh, if you're a real estate professional. And I think most of the people that are in this are doing this 
part-time to full-time and it is taking 20 plus hours a week, uh, you know, getting into this business. So you're a professional, you're not an investor. You're not a real estate investor. You're a real estate professional. So the IRS is going to tax you at the ordinary income for your tax bracket. So whatever your net income is for the year, that's the income tax bracket that you're going to be paying off of. And that's why you want the asset that is a flip in the LLC tax as an S corp and they're on one hand and then the rental property, uh, whether it's short term or long term on the other hand is a straight up LLC limited liability company that allows you to be taxed on passive gains essentially. So it's taxed in a different tax bracket. And I'm not going to go into numbers percentages because every freaking year the government changes something, but just know that on flips and wholesales, you can do that in one LLC that's active income rentals and property that you're going to own long-term is in another LLC. The flips are taxed as an S corp and the long-term holds are just a regular LLC. Now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> we're going to talk about asset protection again. I've said it like three times now, both LLCs are going to give you personal asset protection making sure that no lawsuit can touch you. So let's just say that I'm driving a company car, like I said earlier, or somebody breaks a leg on a property, they're going to only go on, uh, go after the LLC and the assets in that LLC if my insurance doesn't pay for it. Now we're going to get an insurance in a few minutes, but it's very important to have insurance on all your properties, liability coverage, property coverage, different insurances. That's part of the structure in this episode, but we're still talking about LLCs and I'm all over the place. Hoping you can follow my weird, complicated brain, but I'm one of those guys, as you don't, as you've already seen, I'll throw a bone or, or, or a person will throw a bone and they say, squirrel, squirrel. I'm, I'm in a different tangent. Okay. You got two LLCs and I'm repeating myself for myself, not for you guys, but two LLCs, active income and passive income. Your active income is your flips and wholesales. Your passive income is your short-term rentals and long-term rentals. Now, personal asset protection, like I said, no lawsuit can touch you. If you structure it right, talk to your attorney, have the necessary operating agreements in place. Make sure you have a 50-50 partner. If it's just you, I would if it's just you and no spouse, I would personally have somebody you trust to be a 50-50 partner so that in the worst case scenario on either LLC, if the worst case scenario happens, they can't take all of your freaking money. <laughs> it's important. You don't want them to take all of your your money. Most people that are married will have their, their married um, spouse as the business partner owning at least 50%. Now, what do I mean by personal asset protection? Well, your personal house, your personal cars, your personal bank accounts, maybe your savings has $400,000 in it. If they pierce the corporate bill and insurance doesn't allow them to collect, they can set up a judgment to go after you personally, or if it's a major and bad offense, like a death, a wrongful death, you know, maybe you got into a drunk driving accident and you killed somebody, they can pierce that corporate veil if it was a company vehicle, uh, not only take your company assets, but then go into your personal assets and you're just screwed. So obviously the message there, not, not to drunk drive, but set yourself up for success from day one. So you want to make sure that your personal house, cars, and bank accounts, and anything else you own that's in your personal name 
completely protected. And you don't want to commingle. You don't want to commingle personal accounts and house and cars in your active income LLC with your uh, fix and flips and your wholesales. And you don't want to have the income commingled with your personal accounts into the LLCs with your long-term holds, short terminals and long terminals. It's just common sense. They are separate legal entities acting almost like a person. Your LLCs are basically a person in the government's eyes that are doing business in their own name. Hence why they have a tax ID number, just like you have a tax ID number with your social security number. Your LLCs, both those LLCs have tax ID numbers. You're going to get all kinds of advantages having these LLCs in place. You're going to have simple transfer to heirs and you're going to have easier bookkeeping. Can you imagine if you have everything in your name, multiple accounts and you're commingling everything, you can't keep track of it. What's your personal money? What's your business money? What's a personal expense? What's a business expense? You don't know. This is why you have to separate every freaking thing and make sure the proper bookkeeping is in place. So let's talk about LLCs for long-term holds. Let's say you've got a couple of properties that are paid off. Well, guess what? That's a separate LLC than the ones that have mortgages on them. Well, why? If something happens to one of your properties that has a mortgage on them and you have a $30,000 equity in one, $40,000 equity in another, and then another $30,000 equity in three rental homes that has mortgages on them, there's $100,000 in equity. They can only go after the equity in that LLC. But if you have three homes that are paid off and they're worth $400,000 in that same LLC, they can go after those two. So your rentals, be smart. Make sure that your paid off assets are in a completely different LLC versus the ones that have leveraged assets. Those are two different LLCs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just agree and say yes and go back and take notes and re-listen to this one again. Okay, so that's your structure. That's your LLC structure. Again, for the umpteenth time, active income in an LLC tax as an S corporation. LLCs, uh, you, you have your long-term and short-term rentals, the long-term holds, and just plain and Jane LLCs, no tax elections. And it's all set up to personally protect your assets in your personal name so that that lawsuit cannot touch you personally in the case of a worst case event. And you definitely don't want to do this from day one, commingling all your monies in one place because it gets really bad for you if you get audited by the IRS and there is not a true business there. And I had a friend, here's a story. I had a friend as I was losing everything my friends were selling off all their personal property and their real estate to change careers to become a doctor. And they moved internationally for a season to, you know, hyperspeed his studies in a program that would allow him to speed it up a little bit. And they got audited. And that was not fun to watch them get audited. And I felt bad for them. So they've told me for several times, you got to keep everything separated. Obviously, I know after so many years hearing and seeing so many different war stories from several people and talking to my team, my CPAs, my attorneys, you just got to do it. You got to separate it and you got to have insurance. So now we're going to the insurance portion. Don't skimp on your insurance. 
All your properties need property, hazard insurance, and liability coverage. So let's talk about fix and flips and wholesales. And let's talk about long-term holds like short-term rentals and long-term rentals. On the fix and flips, you want a policy that's a builder's risk. What is builder's risk? It's kind of treating you like you've built a brand new home from spec. So not only do you have fire and hazard, which is the most common real estate policy, you have vandalism, you know, you have theft. A lot of these inner city areas, HVACs will be stolen. Kids will go in and graffiti all the walls. You want to make sure you're protected for all of that and not, and honestly, a fire and hazard policy will not cover theft and vandalism. Trust me, I know I've lost thousands of dollars on this kind of stuff over the years. So now I make sure that I'm properly insured. Your wholesales, you know, if you're doing assignments, you don't need insurance. There you go. You're welcome. Let's go to your, your, your rental properties. Your short-term and long-term rental properties need, you know, your, your fire and hazard, your property insurance, as well as, you know, that your, your short-term rentals need a specific rider or binder that goes in play for short-term guests. I had a property in Savannah, Georgia, and I still own it. But a couple of years ago, I had a couple of partiers come in. They passed out drunk in the shower, and they flooded the property, and, and I had $15,000 worth of damages. Thank God I had the money in my account because I had to ride, I had to hold that and pay for that for like nine months till the insurance company finally paid out. But the whole battle in place was, do they have the right binders in place to make sure that I have the necessary coverage from negligence from my guest in my short-term rental? And then on top of that, I need to make sure that I had loss of rents because I was down for like a week or 10 days. So thank God I did. For my short-term rentals, I had guest coverage and I had loss of rents. So it paid me back all of it except for my um, deposit or whatever they call it. Real estate guy saying whatever they call it. Oh gosh, what do they call it? I can't think right now. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. I had to pay the $3,000, which was my skin of the game I had to have. So I lost three grand from that. And I think Airbnb may have paid for some of that for me. When it was all said and done, I might've lost like 500 bucks. But yeah, that's the risk of owning short-term rentals. So you want to have the necessary property coverage. Long-term rentals, really, you don't need builder's risk. You don't need the binders for short-term rental guest coverage. Um, you can have loss uh, of rents attached with a fire and hazard policy. That's all you need, really. Uh, make sure that your tenants are getting personal property insurance because in the event of a fire and everything goes up or some weird act of God comes in and blows the house down, their personal property is gone. And if they don't have coverage, that's on them. So you want to make sure that they're protected too. Now, that's property coverage, liability coverage. You want to make sure that there is also a liability coverage on top of all these policies. Kind of like when we're talking about the LLCs, if somebody breaks their leg on the property, you want to make sure that there is a binder there that covers liability. Breaks a leg, somebody gets hurt in the process on the property, a guest falls down from your short-term rental down the stairs. You want to make sure that there's liability and 
I have my liability set to a million dollars on every single property on the fix and flips, the short-term rentals, and the long-term rentals. Obviously, with wholesales, you're just signing a contract. You don't need insurance. So that's it. Look, you can go to nreig.com. Foremost is a good insurance company. Uh, SWBC is a good insurance company. Those are the ones I use for all my properties. I am looking into proper for my short-term rentals right now just to make sure I have all the new and best coverage for short-term rentals as I'm growing my short-term rental business. But look, that's it. That's what you need in place. This structure with the right taxation, with the right entities, the right asset protection, as well as the right insurance protection is going to set you up for success and you're going to be better off for it. So if you like this episode, share this on the interwebs. Help me grow Instagram. Help me grow YouTube. We're about to launch the YouTube channel 2.0. We're going hardcore with it. We're going to have like five to six times a week videos very soon, probably within the next two weeks. We've got a lot coming, guys. But share this on Instagram. Tag me in it at Brandon G. Thompson. Go ahead and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast if you haven't done that yet. And then if you are interested in learning more about long-term rentals, short-term rentals, fix and flips, and wholesaling, go to reisocietyedu.com and I have four different training programs for you right there. Thank you guys. See you in the next episode.